welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all your brothers and sisters in spirit. But if not, let us keep working on it, practicing patience and kindness with ourselves and extending those higher qualities to all those around us. And patience and kindness represent those higher qualities and our characteristics of love. And being loved to ourselves and others is an expression of the presence of God within us, our mighty I am presence in action. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life. And y'all be loved. In the reign of Herod, king of Judea, when Jesus was born, three magi in the parts of the east were observing the stars of heaven. Whereupon appeared to them a star of great brightness, wherefore having concluded among themselves, they came to Judea, guided by the star, which went before them, and having arrived at Jerusalem they asked where was born the king of the Jews. And when Herod heard this, he was affrighted, and all the city was troubled. Herod therefore called together the priests and the scribes, saying, Where should Christ be born? They answered that he should be born in Bethlehem, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, art not little among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come forth a leader, who shall lead my people, Israel. Herod accordingly called together the Magi and asked them concerning their coming, who answered that they had seen a star in the east, which had guided them thither, wherefore they wished with gifts to worship this new king manifested by his star. Then said Herod, Go to Bethlehem and search out with all diligence concerning the child, and when ye have found him, come and tell it to me, because I also would fain come and worship him. And this he spake deceitfully. The Magi therefore departed out of Jerusalem, and lo, the star which appeared to them in the east went before them. Seeing the star, the Magi were filled with gladness. And so having come to Bethlehem, outside the city, they saw the star standing still above the inn where Jesus was born. The Magi therefore went thither, and entering the dwelling found the child with his mother, and bending down they did obeisance to him. And the Magi presented unto him spices, with silver and gold, recounting to the virgin all that they had seen. Whereupon, while sleeping, they were warned by the child not to go to Herod, so departing by another way they returned to their own home, announcing all that they had seen in Judea. Herod seeing that the Magi did not return, believed himself mocked of them, whereupon he determined to put to death the child that was born. But behold while Joseph was sleeping there appeared to him the angel of the Lord, saying, Arise up quickly, and take the child with his mother and go into Egypt, for Herod willeth to slay him. Joseph arose with great fear, and took Mary with the child, and they went into Egypt, and there they abode until the death of Herod, who, believing himself derided of the Magi, sent his soldiers to slay all the newborn children in Bethlehem. The soldiers therefore came and slew all the children that were there, as Herod had commanded them. Whereby were fulfilled the words of the prophet, saying, Lamentation and great weeping are there in Ramah, Rachel lamenteth for her sons, but consolation is not given her because they are not. When Herod was dead, behold the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph, 
saying, Return into Judea, for they are dead that willed the death of the child. Joseph therefore took the child with Mary, he having come to the age of seven years and came to Judea, whence, hearing that Archelaus, son of Herod, was reigning in Judea, he went into Galilee, fearing to remain in Judea, and they went to dwell at Nazareth. The child grew in grace and wisdom before God and before men. The Gospel of Barnabas, Translation, Lonsdale and Laura Rudd, London, 1907. Isis Unveil, Chapter 15. Although it would seem as if we had already furnished sufficient proofs that modern science has little or no reason to boast of originality, yet before closing this volume we will adduce a few more to place the matter beyond doubt. We have but to recapitulate, as briefly as possible, the several claims to new philosophies and discoveries, the announcement of which has made the world open its eyes so wide within these last two centuries. We have pointed to the achievements in arts, sciences, and philosophy of the ancient Egyptians, Greeks, Chaldeans, and Assyrians, we will now quote from an author who has passed long years in India studying their philosophy. In the famous and recent work of Krishna et le Christ, we find the following tabulation. Philosophy, the ancient Hindus have created from the foundation the two systems of spiritualism and materialism, of metaphysical philosophy and of positive philosophy. The first taught in the Vedantic school, whose founder was Vyasa, the second taught in the Sankhya school, whose founder was Kapila. Astronomical science, they fixed the calendar, invented the zodiac, calculated the procession of the equinoxes, discovered the general laws of the movements, observed and predicted the eclipses. Mathematics, they invented the decimal system, algebra, the differential, integral, and infinitesimal calculi. They also discovered geometry and trigonometry, and in these two sciences they constructed and proved theorems which were only discovered in Europe as late as the 17th and 18th centuries. It was the Brahmins in fact, who first deduced the superficial measure of a triangle from the calculation of its three sides and calculated the relations of the circumference to the diameter. Furthermore, we must restore to them the square of the hypotenuse and the table so improperly called Pythagorean, which we find engraved on the Kurama of the majority of great pagodas. Physics, they established the principle, which is still our own today, that the universe is a harmonious whole, subject to laws which may be determined by observation and experiment. They discovered hydrostatics, and the famous proposition that every body plunged in water loses of its own weight equal to the volume which it displaces, is only a loan made by the Brahmins to the famous Greek architect, Archimedes. The physicists of the pagodas calculated the velocity of light, fixed in a positive manner the laws which it follows in its reflection. And finally, it is beyond doubt, from the calculations of Surya Siddhanta, that they knew and calculated the force of steam. Chemistry, they knew the composition of water and formulated for gases the famous law, which we know only from yesterday, that the volumes of gas are in inverse ratio to the pressures that they support. They knew how to prepare sulfuric, nitric, and muriatic acids, the oxides of copper, iron, lead, tin, and zinc, the sulfurates of iron, copper, mercury, antimony, and arsenic, the sulfates of zinc and iron, the carbonates of iron, lead, and soda, nitrate of silver, and powder. H.P. Blavatsky Medicine, their knowledge was truly astonishing. In Charaka and Susruta, 
the two princes of Hindu medicine, is laid down the system which Hippocrates appropriated later. Susruta notably enunciates the principles of preventive medicine or hygiene, which he places much above curative medicine, too often, according to him, empirical. Are we more advanced today? It is not without interest to remark that the Arab physicians, who enjoyed a merited celebrity in the Middle Ages, Averroes among others, constantly spoke of the Hindu physicians, and regarded them as the initiators of the Greeks and themselves. Pharmacology, they knew all the simples, their properties, their use and upon this point have not yet ceased to give lessons to Europe. Quite recently we have received from the treatment of asthma, with the datura. Surgery, in this they are not less remarkable. They made the operation for the stone, succeeded admirably in the operation for cataract, and the extraction of the fetus, of which all the unusual or dangerous cases are described by Chiraca with an extraordinary scientific accuracy. Grammar, they formed the most marvelous language in the world, the Sanskrit, which gave birth to the greater part of the idioms of the Orient, and of Indo-European countries. Poetry, they have treated all the styles, and shown themselves supreme masters in all. Shakuntala, Arita, the Hindu Phaedra, Saringa, and a thousand other dramas have their superiors neither in Sophocles nor Euripides, in Corneille nor Shakespeare. Their descriptive poetry has never been equaled. One must read, in Megadatta, the plaint of an exile, who implores a passing cloud to carry his remembrances to his cottage, his relatives and friends, whom he will never see more, to form an idea of the splendor to which this style has been carried in India. Their fables have been copied by all modern and ancient peoples, who have not even given themselves the trouble to color differently the subject of these little dramas. Music, they invented the gamut with its differences of tones and half-tones much before Gui D'Arezzo. Here is the Hindu scale, Sa, Ri, Ga, Ma, Pa, Da, Ni, Sa. Architecture, they seem to have exhausted all that the genius of man is capable of conceiving. Domes, inexpressibly bold, tapering cupolas, minarets, with marble lace, Gothic towers, Greek hemicycles, polychrome style, all kinds and all epics are there, betokening the origin and date of the different colonies, which, in emigrating, carried with them their souvenirs of their native art. Such were the results attained by this ancient and imposing Brahmanical civilization. What have we to offer for comparison? Besides such majestic achievements of the past, what can we place that will seem so grandiose and sublime as to warrant out boast of superiority over an ignorant ancestry? Beside the discoverers of geometry and algebra, the constructors of human speech, the parents of philosophy, the primal expounders of religion, the adepts in psychological and physical science, how even the greatest of our biologists, and the theologians seem dwarfed. Name to us any modern discovery, and we venture to say, that Indian history need not long be searched before the prototype will be found of record. H. P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 15 The loved ones of the sacred fire, we come tonight to again intensify the feeling and realization within you of that magic power of the universe, that eternal miracle power of love that is the master control, the master hand that governs manifestation that produces perfection for all everywhere. And in entering into the use of its cosmic fire, the great sacred fire of its invincible victory everywhere in this world, try to feel that you are becoming a part of its mighty outpouring to the earth, and at any time when you give it recognition, 
you can feel yourselves walking within a ray directly from its presence to the earth. As you feel yourselves enfolded in the great ray of light from its heart, which is in reality part of the sacred fire, there can come in and about you a radiance. As you intensify this by your attention to it, it will become a peace commanding presence to those about you. As it is continued, there comes a soft radiance around the body, as you live more and more within your conscious awareness of its mighty outpouring to you. The angelic hosts from the secret love star are the guardians of those light rays and those activities of the sacred fire, which we direct to the earth. Therefore, as you ask for this to be made a permanent part of you and your world, and invite those of the angelic host who are the guardians of this power, you will find them becoming real friends in your outer activities, and a real, tangible presence that often will throw a radiance about you, that will shut off many conditions that heretofore have seemed difficult for you to control or to repel from your world. The secret love star is a focus of a certain activity of the sacred fire of that eternal love to the earth, which continues to give and give and give its sacred fire into various locations in order to be the strengthening, purifying, harmonizing activity in certain localities, to hold that which is constructive in command of certain powers in the atmosphere about you. The light rays from the secret love star, as well as its sacred fire, come to earth to interpenetrate the consciousness of the mass of mankind, as well as their feeling world. It penetrates the physical atmosphere in the activity of the sacred fire. But when the assistance is given to those who are constructive, or trying to hold to the constructive way of life, the light rays are used about an individual to gradually intensify the luminosity of the atmosphere about the physical body, because the presence of each individual, ever awaiting an opportunity to raise the vibratory action of the outer self, continually pours forth light rays much as you would pour water through a sponge to change its quality. The light rays that come from the secret love star carry within them principally the activity of illumination to both the substance of the body, to the mental and feeling world, and the atmosphere itself. The activity of the sacred fire from the secret love star is directly projected by those who govern its outpouring, and the angelic host are the guardians of the power of that flame, because about the flame ever has to be held an insulating substance of the love from the angelic host. Beloved Messenger Number 1 There is no activity of the sacred fire comes to this earth without the guarding presence of the angelic host. That is to keep the sacred fire insulated within the substance of eternal purity from our octave, and that acts as an insulation, or a division between the energy in the atmosphere of earth, and the intensifying action of the sacred fire within the flame that is projected. Now since the mass of mankind do not understand or know of the reality and blessing from the secret love star, there is not much receptivity or acknowledgement of it by conscious choice of the free will in the mass of the people. Therefore, those of you who have been drawn under this radiation and have been given some explanation of this secret love star, if you will give us this assistance, can have individually infinitely more of its power than you realize. As the mighty Saint Germain told you, during the time of the manifestation of beloved Jesus upon the earth, the rays from the secret love star only touched the earth around the land of Judea, and that was again to keep insulated the power that came with beloved Jesus, to be that which brought the victory of his accomplishment into manifestation in the physical octave. It was his protection, and the purifying activity into the atmosphere in which he moved, to enable his work to be accomplished and certain records made in the atmosphere. Now, for the first time in history of this world, the rays from the secret love star are enfolding the entire earth, regardless of the hatred of mankind's generation over the past. These light rays are intensifying and expanding, as well as enfolding the planet. Hour by hour the light becomes brighter. 
Hour by hour the sacred fire becomes more intense in the lower atmosphere of earth, and it must interpenetrate the ground itself in order to hold certain forces of nature in balanced control, when certain other activities take place. Therefore, individually, each of you may have a stream of that light, or its enfolding flame, as you choose, to be held ever about you for any specific purpose that you call it forth, so long as that purpose fulfills the divine plan and renders service to the mass of mankind. You as individuals, can have individual light rays, or individual flames of its love about you if you call that forth for the annihilation of all hate, and the release of all life from that which is not light, is not the love of the presence. Now let me show you. As you call this in and about yourselves and you ask your presence, your own beloved I am presence, to take advantage of that and use it in the most powerful way possible, many things will occur in your experiences that will surprise you greatly, but which will bless you infinitely and forever. As you are willing to make yourselves an open door for this mighty outpouring, individually to you, as well as to the planet, in your calls for the freedom of mankind from that which is not the love of eternity, then your beloved I am presence is given a very much greater opportunity in its service to the world to intensify the power that consumes the hate of the world. Beloved Messenger Number 1